0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Megan's Old Office. This is our April 3rd edition of Megan's Old Office. We continue with our Lenten series of the seven deadly sins. And my name is J.D. Gorlette, and I'm the senior pastor here at uh, Dundee Presbyterian Church in lovely Omaha, Nebraska. And I'm joined once again by my good friend, Keith Holmes. Keith, how are we doing, man? We are doing great. Can you speak for everyone in that no, regard? No, I
1: wish I could, okay. but I am doing fine. Right. Okay. We've
0: been working through our... Uh, Uh, list of seven deadly sins with the idea during Lent, Lent's a season of preparation. And so uh, a study of the seven deadly sins in scripture, uh, it's designed to open our eyes, isn't it? To what's going on and what we fight every day. Right. I think to raise our awareness of the fact that we're not alone in that struggle. And today we're going to talk about lust. And this uh, is something that I think of the seven deadly sins is the one, more than anything else, that we most
1: easily deny away. Absolutely. Oh, uh, yes, in my life, absolutely. Yeah. 100%.
0: And it's there's so I much c- shame atta- attached to it, yep. and yet there's so much in our society right now uh, that elicits lust and, and contributes to lust. Not that we're not responsible for our behaviors and our choices no. and the things that we do, but uh, because we most certainly are, but... Uh, this is really a challenge not and not just for men uh, no men tend to get the focus of
1: this right absolutely but no women women have the same problems we do we're all human right we're all fallen right and so
0: so we're going to talk about it and hopefully get you to think about it in your own life and uh so uh travel along with us as we uh, as we do this study and today there's one passage of scripture keith that i think really speaks to the the sin of lust and that's second uh, samuel chapter 11. Verses one through twenty-seven. This is a story that's um, well. It's familiar, isn't it? Tomasica? Oh, yes, it is. Uh, this is oh, a story of yes. David with Bathsheba, uh, the great King David. Is there a is there a, a, a greater lover of God than David in,
1: in, in anywhere? He he is the man after God's own heart, as right. it's, as it's recorded in the Bible. And you just that title comes with so much weight, I think, yes. because he it's he's at, he, the man after God's own heart. He has the heart of God and for God. He wants to please God. He never wants to misstep, and we're about to see him fall off a ledge. Right. Basically. Spoiler
0: alert, and yeah. I don't mind you bringing that up, making the spoiler. It's interesting. What we want to be is we want to be like David in right. the sense of loving God. Yep with that kind of intensity right yep. that yep. as you just said that single minded that, that single heartedness
1: exactly
0: and yet he's about to do some things here uh that are just reprehensible just, uh. Which, if we're so now, are we in the story? You and I are all about getting people <laughs> into the right. story, yep. and so you want to be like David. You want to aspire to be like David in relationship to God. And yet, if you're going to aspire to be like David in relationship to God, which is a good thing, yep. you, you read this story, and you're going to have to. The, the story is there. The scripture is there to remind us, "Hey, man, uh, you're still susceptible." Right.
1: Yep. Yeah. You, this reminds us that we are, no matter how hard we try. We cannot do it.
0: And and being in love with God and being devoted to God does not insulate us, does it? No, that, that would be another thing true. that I would talk about yeah. before this. It does not insulate us from the weaknesses of, of the flesh, nope. uh, from being just selfish and and conniving and, and, and sinful. Right. And we shouldn't have that. But I think a lot of times people have that assumption uh, of, okay, I love Jesus, and I go to church, and I read my Bible, and I'm in my small group or whatever, and, and maybe without us even being aware of it, we we start to think that we're insulated uh, or above
1: or... We, this couldn't happen to us. Right. This could never happen to me. Right. And I think I think this is... I mean, this is an extreme, right? I don't know that... I don't know. Right. And I certainly pray for our listeners that you will not take this as a model of what you should be doing in your life because you want to be like David. But um, yeah, again, spoiler alert, bad things are about to happen. And because of... Lust, right? Simply put,
0: exactly. And you and you use the word correctly. It's an extreme example, right? Uh, and there's value in the extreme example. It yep. wakes us up if we'll listen to it, even though it's probably not. It's probably not going to live itself out in our lives this, as extremely as this. Exactly. The extremity of this, the extremity of his love and devotion for God, which is undeniable, and the extremity of his sin, of David's sin ought to wake us up and sober us up and that's really spiritual sobering that's what this season of Lent is really Absolutely. about getting sobered up
1: you know yep so, exactly
0: alright let's get into it chapter 11 of Second uh, Samuel and Keith as this is a 27 verse read so bear with me it, uh, Jonathan our producer is always wanting us to read perfectly yes and I'm just yes. going to announce that I'm not going to do that and I don't care I'm, not <laughs> listening to, I'm freezing Jonathan out he's going to give me a dirty look when I mess up this reading yep. I don't care uh uh, but as I'm reading, Keith, and everybody out there, what do you think starts the trouble for David? Where does it begin? Where is that leading Where, edge of the problem? There we go. And uh, so I'll read, and then we'll pop right into that question. All right, here we go, uh, 2 Samuel chapter 11. In the spring of the year, at the time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab with his officers and all Israel with him. They ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained at Jerusalem. It happened late one afternoon when David rose from his couch and was walking about on the roof of the king's house that he saw from the roof a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. David sent someone to inquire about the woman. It was reported, This is Bathsheba, daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. So David sent messengers to get her, and she came to him, and he lay with her. Now she was purifying herself after her period. Then she returned to her house. The woman conceived, and she sent, she sent and told David, I am pregnant. So David sent word to Joab, send me Uriah, Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. When Uriah came to him, David asked how Joab and the people fared and how the war was going. Then David said to Uriah, go down to your house, wash your feet. Uriah went out of the king's house, and there followed him a present from the king. But Uriah slept at the entrance of the king's house with all the servants of his lord and did not go down to his house. When they told David uh, Uriah did not go down to his house, uh, David said to Uriah, "'You have just come from a journey. "'Why did you not go down to your house?' Uriah said to David, "'The ark and Israel and Judah remain in booths, "'and my lord Joab and the servants of my lord "'are camping in the open field. "'Shall I then go to my house to eat and to drink "'and to lie with my wife?' As you live and as your soul lives, I will not do such a thing. Then David said to Uriah, Remain here today also, and tomorrow I will send you back. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day. On the next day, David invited him to eat and drink in his presence and made him drunk. And in the evening, he went out to lie on his couch with the servants of his lord, but he did not go down to his house. In the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. In the letter, he wrote... Set Uriah in the forefront of the hardest fighting and then draw back from him so that he may be struck down and die. So Joab was besieging the city. As Joab was besieging the city, he assigned Uriah to the place where he knew there were valiant warriors. The men of the city came out and fought with Joab and some of the servants of David among the people fell. Uriah the Hittite was killed as well. Then Joab sent and told David all the news about the fighting and he instructed the messenger, when you have finished telling the king all the news about the fighting, then if the king's anger arises and if he says to you, "Why did you not why did you go to so near to the city to fight? Did you not know that they would shoot from the wall? Who killed Abimelech, son of Jeroboam? Did not a woman throw an upper millstone on him from the wall so that he died at the at Thebes? Why did you go so near the wall?" Then you shall say, "Your servant Uriah, the Hittite, is dead too." So the messenger went and came and told David all that Joab had sent him to tell. The messenger said to David, The men gained an advantage over us and came out against us in the field, but we drove them back to the entrance of the gate. Then the archers shot at your servants from the wall. Some of the king's servants are dead, and your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. David said to the messenger, Thus you shall say to Joab, Do not let this matter trouble you, for the sword devours now one and now another. Press your attack on the city and overthrow it and encourage him. When the wife of Uriah heard that her husband was dead, she made lamentation for him. When the morning was over, David sent and brought her to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord.
1: Really, you think you did, huh? You think, huh?
0: What a story to be in the Bible. Right when when we're convinced that the Bible is nothing but a bunch of fairy tales and happy-go-lucky Walt Disney movies, we get this, Keith.
1: Well, you know, it kind of goes. For me, it goes back to the idea that the misconception people have about the Bible it's it's a rule book. It's a book that shows how to be perfect, how how you you need to act, how you need to do things to please God. And really, that's not it at all. That's not what the Bible is. You know, I, I heard a great expression, and I probably have even said it on the show, but it bears repeating, and that is, the Bible is not a book about the great men and women of God. It's about the great God of men and women. Amen. And, and plain and simple, we see it right here. This this story would not be in a Greek myth. right. I mean, it would have been on a Greek tragedy stage somewhere, maybe, you know, like Oedipus and all those other guys. But this story would not have been about a man of God.
0: Especially since David is the great hero... Of all time, in 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 uh, from the people of God. I mean, there's there's great yeah. ones. There's Moses. There's Abraham. But nothing. No one exceeds no. David. As you know, far if, as
1: heroes. If heaven has a lobby, his his re- highlight reel is playing on the TVs right, exactly. in the lobby, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: So now, just to be clear, before we get back to the question at hand, which yeah. we asked before, just to be clear for everybody, here's what went down. David is king. Uh, they're at war, which happened all the time. Uh, he has adultery he commits adultery with Bathsheba and and has Bathsheba's arranges for Bathsheba's husband Uriah to be killed so that it it covers up what he has done and right. makes it look like uh, he is completely free of this sin right. that's what David the lover of God and the and the the man after God's own heart and all this kind of stuff uh, where he got to be and so the question is uh, Keith, how did I want to know when's the, when does the trouble begin?
1: The trouble the trouble begins when he's bored right. and alone right. with nothing else to do. Right.
0: And bef- and to interrupt you, mm-hmm. I think you're exactly right. And it's interesting not just what you're saying; it's interesting what it, what's what you're not saying. The trouble doesn't begin when he. Has uh, sexual relations with Bathsheba. No, no. The trouble does not begin when he kills Uriah. No. Those are tremendous sins, but that's not where it begins. No.
1: Right. Right. Absolutely. By then, we are in full blown sinful lust mode. We are in full blown cover up. Get get this. We got to fix the problem, and we're not asking God because we know God's not going to bless us exactly and answer our prayers. But so. it's interesting,
0: isn't it? Because a lot of times with our own lives, with other people, we're uh, focusing in on uh, on the sin that's committed. In this case, David uh, committing adultery, David uh, committing murder, right? Uh, And and by that time, the point you're making, which I agree with completely, is by that time the locomotive is is off the rails. (laughs) Right. So it's (laughs) like we need to go back further. Right. We need to get not just with David, but with ourselves. Let's go back further to when this thing started. Right. And I love what you're saying. You're saying it started when he was bored. Right. Wow. Now we're all in the story, aren't we because? Right? Who hasn't been there? Who
1: hasn't been just sitting there and, and and in our day and age with the with the technology that we have, with the internet, with the access to pornography, And I mean, this is he—he's wandering around his roof, and I assume it's a peeping tom moment, right? That she's in a bath. There's no question that either she's in a window, you know, there's a window open, or she's on the roof of her own house bathing, and he sees her, and he just doesn't stop looking. This is just continues. This is, and I've
0: said this before in other Bible studies. This is the Bible's condemnation of pornography, right here. There we go. Now he's uh, not—he doesn't have a magazine, he doesn't have the internet, uh, he doesn't have a movie of some kind or something like that. But just as you said, he is bored. uh, He's—he's not engaged with anything, and he's alone.
1: Yep. And he looks, and it's dark. It's the other. That's the other thing I always go with. Is, Late in the day, boy, sin just loves a dark corner, doesn't right. it? He,
0: he thinks nobody is. He, he, nobody can see him, right? Including God, by the way, right? And he looks. He doesn't have to look. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to be bored. He can be m- more positively engaged in something. And we'll get right. into, into that in a minute. Uh, but he's bored. He's disengaged with everything around him. He's alone. Also, by the way, he's king, so he's got all the power right. and ability
1: in the world. He can do whatever he wants. And these are the voices that are playing in his head, because this is you know that was a question I have. What are what are some of the voices that are going that are talking Dude. to him right there? What are what are the things that he himself is saying to himself, and what is Satan whispering in his ear? What is you know did, was there ever you know how they uh, they have the angel and the devil on right. your shoulder? Was there an angel anywhere saying, uh, David, look away, look right. away, look right.
0: away? Right, right. Definitely, there was. And that that question is a great one, and it's easy to answer, isn't it? What voices are playing in his head? I'm king. I can do whatever I want. Wow, she's beautiful. Wow, it feels really great to to look at her. Yeah. It doesn't feel so great to look away. Right. It doesn't feel so great to be devoted to God. Right? Uh, that's a waste of time. These I'll, are all uh,
1: being <laughs> look, these are all being shouted into his head. I'll, I'll be I'll be a man after God's own heart tomorrow morning. Right. Right. Good point. Let's I just can, put let's it on pause. Let's, pause that. That. let's
0: just pause. Hit that pause button. Let's pause this whole devotion to God and relationship with God thing. Great point. All of these things are playing in his head, yep. and at this point right now, who isn't in this story? And when we're when we do these these Bible studies on Megan's old office, that's the thing that Keith and I talk about uh, off. Uh, you know, when we're getting ready, we want how do we bring everybody into this? Right. Well, it's pretty easy here if anybody's listening to this. Honestly,
1: exactly right. right. I mean, I I know I am. Every time I read this story, I think of all, I think of all the times because I you know I'm okay. No big shock to anybody because I'm, I am I am a man in the 21st century. I struggle with pornography. I struggle with lust because my... And I love my dad. My dad was a great guy. But my dad wanted to make sure I was a red-blooded American boy, you know? And he pointed out beautiful women to me. He, you know, he would kind of direct my attention to that just to make sure I was looking at women and that was okay, you know? And so I was fed that a constant diet of that as I was growing up and I got, you get used to it. Right. And now as a man, you know, as someone who's trying to be, well, not like David in this scene, right. but more like David in the man after God's own heart, I fight this stuff Every single day,
0: and the the admirable thing, and I really admire you saying that. And and uh, I have some similar upbringing to what you described. We're still responsible. That's the big thing. David's yeah. responsible for what he does. Right. And you could make the argument, oh, man, this it, the situation that David is in, the situation that we are all in in the United States uh, in the 21st century with the technology that we have, oh, that's a tough situation. Yeah, couldn't agree more. It was tough right. for David. It's tough for us. But we still got to rise above. Right. That, you know, that's one of the things, Keith, that really comes out to me as far as the, se- the, 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 the sin, all of these sins, but particularly the one of love is our need to stop, call time out, and rise above it, do something, right. anything to stem the flow of this. Exactly. Because right. we see what it it gives birth to just in this case and right. in our own lives it gives birth to complete destruction
1: you know I, it destroyed it destroyed four lives mm-hmm. it destroyed david's life because now he you know for a time tr- david truly repented of things that's yeah, absolutely. that's another point that we you know right. about david i think that he truly repented from this sin and all the other sins that he committed, but also it ruined Bathsheba's life because now she right. has to save her reputation, save her life. She could have been stoned to death, even though the king was king. Right, she was the woman in right. this situation, and in that society, and he could do that whatever he wanted. Yeah, he could have he could have thrown her out to the street and said, "Yeah, stone her. She yeah. she's she's cheated on her husband." And of course, it ruined Uriah's life. It killed Obviously. him. Right. And then part, you know, further down in in chapter in the chapter here in verses 15, 16 um the son that Bathsheba bore David dies right. because he displeased the Lord right and and so four lives just like that right just completely tumultuous completely destroyed utter utter destruction and if you think you know what all I'm doing is sitting in my dark living room with my computer looking at these right. looking at this stuff on my computer I'm not hurting anybody nobody
0: knows nobody, nobody knows see this. nobody
1: sees this Guess what? God's right there looking at the going, oh geez. Yeah. Or or even worse is okay, you know what? Maybe I can watch a live feed, or maybe I can talk to somebody. Okay, right. now maybe I can do this. Okay, maybe now I get in my car and I drive away from my house and my wife and my children. And nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody's the
0: worst for it. Nobody hurt her- has-
1: I'm not hurting anybody, and yet I think we all know. There's a ton of hurt in that well, progression, and,
0: and even it. Uh, well said, good point. All uh, across, at the very least, you become in that scenario that you're talking about. You become less than what you were created to be. Oh, there you're, you go. In your relationship with with God, is far less than okay. it would because you're driving around now saying. Yeah, it doesn't matter you're rationalizing oh my at the gosh. heart of your relationship with God is a lie uh, how can you have a lie be a part of any relationship whether it's you and me as friends or you know you with Jesus as the Lord and savior of your life how can you or, or your your wife your kids anyone anywhere how can you have a lie be this in, in, in any place it, have any place in that relationship and have it be worth anything at all so in the scenario that you paint and I'm glad you did in David's case there's Obvious victims and damage and destruction all around in the scenario that you paint where there's a man in a basement somewhere and nobody's around, nobody's even aware what he's doing and all that kind of stuff. It's easy to rationalize and all this kind of stuff. But even in that situation and you're telling yourself it's a victimless crime, there's a lie. There's a lie that you're telling yourself. There's a lie that you're placing in, in the midst of your relationship with God. And that has, there's no other way around it. It's unavoidable. That has to cause damage.
1: Absolutely. That's just
0: by nature well, how it has th- to be. Th-
1: just by simply saying it's a victimless crime, you're lying to yourself. You're not just lying to anybody else that listen to you. You're lying to yourself at that point, right? I mean, there are many victims in that. In that, and so uh, now, so we've talked about the bad. Let's let's kind of flip the coin here and say, all right then. We know what he did. We know that wasn't the right thing. What should he have done? What do you think would have been better a better way for David to spend that evening?
0: That's the natural next question, and I'm going to answer it in a minute. But, you know, uh, and, and you will too because we've talked about this a little bit before we started. Um, but as we answer it, everything that we say is going to sound naive. Yeah. I want to stop and well, right. point that out. Yeah. I'm going to point a couple things out that he could have done. Okay, right. so he's on a couch – on the roof, no sin there. He's alone. That's not necessarily a sin, No, Uh, but uh, it does make him susceptible, doesn't it? It makes him vulnerable, Um, and I'm going to sit here, and I could say, well, he doesn't have to look. Uh, He could have been with his men with his accountability group, which was the army and his leaders, his friends, his uh, people that were as devoted to God or aspired to be devoted to God as as uh, as he was, he could have been with men of God, with priests. He could have been spending his time in the Word. Uh, he could have been praying. He yep. could. Have, what could have he? Uh, your question is, what could have David been doing? Yeah. He could have been doing all of these things. And as I say them, people might say, "Wow, well, that's just naive to think right. that he wouldn't been done, doing Come that." And he's, it, it's, it it, and he's a king. It's a red blooded man, yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Uh, it's unreasonable for you jd to 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 suggest that this guy seeing the naked woman on the roof next door could have just resisted uh right. and said no to this where are we when we say that about ourselves oh it's just impossible for me not to to it's impossible for me to do the right thing to yep. do a higher thing to go read my bible instead of go looking out at the naked woman in the bathtub on the where are we now? Now we're telling ourselves, "There's nothing I can do. I'm not responsible. Right. This is just a complete natural thing. This is the natural. God forbid yeah.
1: that we get to that. That's just a desolate but, spiritual place. But we get there so quickly as people because right. of our sinful nature, without even there. noticing. Without e- we we ride Holy that God, ride. How did I get yeah, here? yeah. I, I I think of Splash Mountain at the very end. You know, it's like I'm doing fun. what and then you're down at the bottom of the hill and you're like oh, oh what dear. just happened what just happened <laughs> yeah I mean you're I mean it's that quick because we and again you've said it a couple of times you rationalize it away you just say to yourself this can't be wrong or God won't care or I'll start tomorrow you know that's my favorite with diets I'll start my diet <laughs> right, tomorrow how's right? that working hey, for yeah. you right and so I've been starting a diet and, tomorrow uh, for the last for 52 la- years 50, yeah <laughs> Yeah. It's so true, though, because you sit there and you go, oh, I'll just do it. I'll, or I'll, and, and you just simply rationalize. Tomorrow's everything. diet is so much better than today's. today's. Right. Because today I get to do what I want. Right. Today I get to eat what it's I Marty want. Today, Grah. Exactly. Today, every day can be Mardi Gras if you want it to be. Right? right. Exactly. And so so for me, I think, you and you mentioned it, I think for me, he should have been with his men. The very first verse in the chapter, in the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to do battle. When they're out with their men, when they're out on the field, they are the winter is over the the spring has started new growth and everything and and he's out he should have been out encouraging his men and telling them god this is a godly pursuit
0: and in and you're engaged in something it's hard for us to adi- identify with right. being in battle but that's right. what david was
1: he was right. a warrior
0: he was engaged for the lord and right. he he would have, you're right he would have been engaged in something uh, that he w- saw and knew was a godly uh, mission, and right. we could get into that uh, at a later time. But he's he's engaged in in being bored and being alone and in right. being vulnerable. And you're right, it goes so fast. We don't even recognize how vulnerable we are when we are most vulnerable.
1: Do we? Yeah, absolutely. We sit and we we sit in our dark corner. We 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 think we're fine. And man. A person, a friend, an accountability partner, a small group, that shines a light in every corner of your life. I know it does for me. I've had accountability partners through the years. and Man, does it make it a different world when you know someone's going to ask you, so what would you do this week? Right. I know you well enough to know. I'm going to ask you this question. Did you... Did you go to your dark corner? Right. This is at the
0: uh, this is at the uh, foundation of any addiction uh, treatment uh, program, any at all, is having some accountability, having somebody who can look you in the eye, and 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 can keep you on the right page. Right. I want to ask you this: uh, Once she becomes pregnant, once Bathsheba becomes pregnant, what's the rest of the story about? And we can answer that. The first answer is: Well, it becomes about David getting uriah dead or trying to get uh, uriah to go down and spend the night with his wife so as to make it look right so then all of a sudden it's uriah's baby right even though it looks exactly like david uriah you know on your on your baby being on your son being born right uh uh so it we can answer it that way but it's deeper than that let me ask it again once Bathsheba becomes pregnant, what's the rest of the story about? It's not just about murdering Uriah or making Uriah look like he's the father. It's about something deeper, isn't it? Yeah. Do you oh, have an absolutely. answer to that?
1: I, I mean, if as we go deeper, yeah, because, you know, for me, it's the cover-up, everything about it. But right? what is he covering? up? But, but what up? does he cover up? And that's exactly it. It's him denying his sin. Mm-hmm. It's Bathsheba... Could ver- I don't know? You know the Bible doesn't say much about her in this particular right. instance. He, you know, to the point that the writer even refers to her as the wife of Uriah to really hammer home the point that David did this, right? Right. You know, that this he's is He's the bad, focus. He's the right? protagonist yeah. of this. It, so, it, no, no doubt so about he it. was. He is just. He's covering. He's scrambling. He's separating himself from God even further. In my opinion. By doing all this, he doesn't want to go to God and say I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It is isn't until Nathaniel comes or Nathan comes and starts berating him and belittling him that he finally, in the, in the next chapter, there's his accountability partner coming in and saying, "Dude, knock it off." Right. And and to his credit, he does repent. Yes. The rest of the story is about him
0: denying. That's you said that. Yeah. It's about him. Uh, separating himself from God and here's where it becomes important what we said before David loves God and he
1: can't even see this
0: happening that ought to scare everyone to
1: death all of us he, Scare us all to death because we all can get there so quickly like I've said I just this this story is so as you mentioned earlier sobering this yeah. is uh, uh, a a when you get here, I mean, I I always I always sort of joke about reading the book of Job and knowing something bad's going to happen in my life, right? If ever I if ever I'm you know in a, a study or somewhere, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, the book of Job, oh crud, someone's going to die or something bad's going to happen because God's preparing my heart for it by showing me right. what, it could be, what it could be. And so with this, this is this is a, something I probably should come back to in my own life and reread and read because honestly, it's like Keith this is your day-to-day right here. Right. Are you going to let yourself rationalize yourself into sin and then spend the rest of the day denying it or trying to hide from me? Or are you going to say, hey, look, I'm sorry, or even better, go find something else to do?
0: It takes a lot of character to do exactly what you're talking about. Right. It, it, it takes a lot of humility to do what you're talking about. But the Bible is not afraid to lift it up to us as a possibility. Right. We're as it, something that we can do, even in the even at the worst moment, even after the sin is committed... David can repent, and he yep. doesn't. Nope. He doesn't at all. It doesn't even cross his mind to repent until in the next chapter. Okay. Thanks a lot for giving it away, oh, Keith. Well. Nathan comes to him, busts his chops, and he does repent Absolutely. to his credit. Yep. And lots of guys wouldn't have repented even yep. in that moment. David does, but it's too late to save the child. It yep. does save his relationship with God. Yep. Thanks be to God. Amen. And God does continue to bless David because of his sincere repentance, but... As you'd pointed out, the child does not make it. Uh, that's just a cost of uh, casualty of
1: the of the sins. So I got a quick question here as we're starting to wrap up. I noticed it on the clock. There, we're getting we're getting low on time. But what's the worst thing that happened in this story? Well, you. The,
0: you know, there's so many things, it's hard to really even choose. We'd have to have an argument. I mean, the child dying, and, and what happens to Bathsheba? How she's just treated as, as nothing but an object. Is right. We could go on for yep. a, a long time with that. Yep. But the, the, the damage to the relationship with God, uh, the death of Uriah is terrible, all these things, but the damage that, that happens to the relationship with God, and if we're talking about lust... In Lent, the right. seven deadly sins. Yep. That's always the answer. It is that these things damage our relationship with God. Right. You know, uh, that's the great tragedy here. One of the the, the last line in this in this passage mm-hmm. is, "But the thing that David did displeased the Lord." Amen. Without that, nothing matters. Right. You know, with it's a bless isn't it a blessing to us that god is upset by this isn't Absolutely. it a blessing that he, he what in the world would we be if God did not get upset at our sin what in the world well, would we be well
1: and, and yeah and that i mean that goes back to the whole well god god accepts everybody the way they are you don't have to change really because we're seeing it right here this displeased the lord if you're cheating on a spouse if you're trying to murder somebody you're not you're not ha- making God happy. And I don't and, see and love in... Uh,
0: there yeah. is no love in God letting us do whatever Amen. we want, Amen. whenever we want.
1: Absolutely. It is a
0: blessing. It says, the thing that David did displeased the Lord. There, I would argue that that's as loving a statement as, as you can... He, God cares enough to to bust David and my and your chops Absolutely. about our sin. Yep. He doesn't do that unless he loves us.
1: Absolutely. Now, I, I also want to ask, do you, what's the best thing that happened?
0: Well, he repents, doesn't he? Amen. And I think David ultimately repents, and then he, and I encourage you to read it in the next chapter. Right. And I think, as it always is, uh, the relationship, I can assume the relationship with da- that David has with God, while damaged after that repentance, is stronger than than it was before
1: absolutely Uh, that's the neat thing about the relationship with god when we repent it builds the strength it builds it up it's like hopefully yeah pray very much hopefully no i i I agree i think i think the 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 best thing is is that he repents and i think here in the season of lent you know as we as we draw closer and closer to easter morning remember sunday's coming as the old the old cliche goes but god wants us to repent Mm. he does not want to strike you down dead he doesn't want you to come to harm or your wife or your children or anything but repentance is certainly something we need to think about. So as we as we consider our sin, we also need to consider what do we need to do about it. And because we can't do anything on our own.
0: Right. That's and uh the beauty that's of Easter.
1: The word word of Lent uh,
0: would be above everybody anything else would be repentance. And Amen. so good word, good talk. We could go on for a really while. Really we can. We are really cutting <laughs> it short here. Jonathan
1: is looking at yeah, us. He's
0: yelling at us right now. Uh, God bless his heart. Uh, this has been a great uh, study I really enjoyed it Keith Uh, Mm -hmm. we're going to close it up for today we'll be back with you next week uh, closing out our series on the seven deadly sins and uh, we'll see you then thank you so much for joining us this week on Megan's Old Office brought to you by Dundee Presbyterian Church please like subscribe and share so you and your friends can keep up with us every time we post you can learn more about us and our
1: church at dpcomaha.org. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com dpcomaha or on Instagram at Megan's Old Office. You can contact us through email at megansoldoffice at gmail.com.
0: Thank you so much for listening today. We truly appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.